0: You're listening to Health Call Live, the area's only live local interactive radio hour devoted to you and your health. Watch the video live stream on the Health Call Facebook page and call us with your questions at 447 1190 or toll free at 800 333 1190. Here's your host, health and wellness correspondent, Lee Kelso. Good morning. It is great to be back with you again. So happy that you've made us part of your Saturday morning or whatever day it is. If you're checking us out on the podcast or watching the video replay, glad that you are here. We're starting the program today talking about what has been called the emperor of all maladies, the big dog, the disease that we really kind of all fear, and that is cancer. There have been really tremendous advancements in cancer care, particularly in the past 10 years. And so the disease is still a challenge in many ways, but getting better and better as treatment advances. And one of the areas where there has been a lot of progress is helping you get through the cancer experience with less discomfort and less pain. And part of that becomes the role of palliative care clinicians like our guest today, Jamie Pepler from Fort Wayne Medical Oncology and Hematology. Good morning. Good morning, Lee. I am interested in talking with you about this because you told me you just have a passion for, for helping cancer patients have a better experience. Tell me more about that.
1: I think that one of the things that we can do really well in cancer care is provide good symptom control so that they can feel as good as possible and have the best quality days as they journey through their cancer experience.
0: So what is palliative care, and what is it not? It's not hospice care.
1: That's right. Uh, So often we think that palliative care is only focused on end of life, and what palliative care is, is the opportunity for us to, to join patients as they walk through their cancer journey and assist with their symptom burden, talk about advanced care planning. It's available to any patient at any point in the disease process, And it can coincide with curative treatment so they can continue seeking treatment, which is how it's different than hospice care. Hospice care requires that a patient no longer be seeking curative treatment Mm -hmm. and have a prognosis of six months or less. We can assist patients much sooner in the process.
0: So you're just going to help me feel better all the way through this process. What can you help me with?
1: We help with a a variety of symptoms, pain, shortness of breath, anxiety, nausea and vomiting are a few of the symptoms that we talk uh, Mm -hmm. about often in our clinic.
0: So tell me about pain. I mean, that's, you know, when it comes to cancer, I think that's what A lot of people are really concerned about that in the chemotherapy, but we'll talk about those independently. Tell me more about what you can do to help me with pain.
1: Absolutely. So, of course, medication is one thing that we can assist with. Mm -hmm. However, there are other good options. Breathing exercises, distraction is a great tool to use for um, pain management, heat and cold, perhaps physical or occupational therapy referrals. There are all kinds of ways that we can assist, but part of it is understanding what the pain is and how we might better control it for you.
0: So that means the patient has to be able to talk freely and explain to you what's going on, which I know is a problem. Uh, I, I've talked to docs who say, you know, patients act tougher than they, they think they have to be tough. They, they really aren't going to tell us everything that's happening, but they're more likely to tell you.
1: I think that some of that has to do with the fact that we just have more time with the patients. You know, oftentimes doctor visits are very brief. You know, every 15 minutes we're trying to see a different patient. In the palliative care clinic, we have 45 minutes to an hour with a patient to really kind of explore what it is that's going on and allow more time for them to be able to process out loud what they're experiencing.
0: Yeah, you told me just a moment ago that uh, sometimes a patient will report to an early intake person, oh, my pain's about a two, but you sit down with them and suddenly it's an eight.
1: Right. And I think that some of that just comes with establishing a relationship and letting them kind of talk freely about what they're experiencing. Um, I think that they're more likely to help help us understand what they are truly going through each day so that we can better manage it for them.
0: So, you know, I automatically people think of opioids and, and really powerful drugs for pain. But you mentioned a couple of other techniques there that I think I'm interested in. Tell me more about this hot and cold situation.
1: So, of course, just, you know, using ice or heat to try to help Um, manage pain. There are all sorts of new emerging um, therapies that we can use, chiropractors or acupuncture. There are all sorts of different ways for us to do a good job of managing pain. And sometimes it's about finding the combination. It's not that we won't prescribe opioids because we do, but it's oftentimes used in conjunction with other therapies to try to make sure that we're providing them the best quality of life possible.
0: And breathing exercises. It's interesting that you get into these kind of non-traditional strategies.
1: Absolutely. I think that there are um, just a mix of strategies and not not each one works for every patient. So trying to find the right mix of um, interventions to help patients is, is one of the things that I do every day.
0: So I get it. The, the, the oncologist is really working on fighting the disease and finding the right treatment protocols and getting those all dialed in. And you're really focusing on everything else that patient is going through.
1: Absolutely. I think having a palliative care service embedded into this on, our oncology practice allows allows the oncologist to focus on the staging and the workup and the treatment and allows us to focus on making sure that they feel as good as they can while they pursue whatever it is that is in front of them.
0: And you you talk with patients about their goals of care. So I think that's real interesting. I've never, I have no cancer experience, thank goodness. Very limited experience with uh, cancer in my family and friends. So I don't know a lot about what that means but goals of care, explain that to me.
1: So I think one of the most important pieces is having a conversation with patients about how do their goals and values align with what we're offering them. Or do they? And then trying to tailor their treatment process to align with what they want in life. I think that one of the things that is so important, I almost ask every patient, one of the very first questions is, tell me about the things that bring you joy. And I get to hear from them about their family and their pets and their work and the things that make them want to get up in the morning. And those are the really I can key in on those things and talk a little bit then about, okay, so how does this cancer fit into, um, you know, your goals and values? And how do we how do we work through that and make sure that, you know, you still want to get up every morning and pursue Mm -hmm. whatever it is that brings joy?
0: And I suspect you hear a lot of interesting stories about what the patient's concerns are and how the disease is affecting those around them.
1: Absolutely. I think that oftentimes they're more concerned about their family and their loved ones than they are about themselves. Yeah. And so getting to explore that, of course, families are welcome in our conversations and actually encouraged to join us because it is so important for them to also hear what their loved one is experiencing and be able to support them um, in the best ways that they can.
0: We are uh, going to invite your calls to if you have a question about maybe some cancer care you're receiving, some some challenge that you might be facing how palliative care could work in your situation or for a family member. So with your phones are open at 800-333-1190 or 447-1190. And of course, you can always text a question if you're a little bit shy, and many people are don't want to talk on the radio that's okay you can text your question to 46862 just where you would put the phone number put 46862 and you can send your question to us and i will put that in front of jamie pepler who heads the palliative care clinic for fort wayne medical oncology and hematology and we roll on here in our conversation on the health call live radio hour on wo wo this is health call live we're glad you're listening but don't be afraid to call and ask your question on the air. It's free, non-invasive, and best of all, you don't have to wear an exam gown. Now, back to health and wellness correspondent, Lee Kelso. And we are back to conversation about palliative care and cancer treatment with Jamie Pepler, who leads the Palliative Care Clinic at Fort Wayne Medical Oncology and Hematology, the area's oldest, most experienced, independent cancer care practice. Uh, we are going to talk here first about how do I talk with a cancer patient. What are some, it's awkward. You wanna yes. talk about the disease and what they're going through, but it's, you know, how do I do that wisely? Tell me, let's talk about that.
1: Yeah, I think that it is so um, hard to know what to say, or to be fearful that you're going to say the wrong thing. Oh yeah, I'm afraid. And to say. absolutely, and I think that that's a fear that we all have, even somebody who's worked in the field for a long time. Um, but I think some of the things that you can do is to acknowledge the stinks. Cancer, a cancer diagnosis stinks, and just pause there and let them tell you about, you know, their experience, as opposed to projecting your experience onto them. I think you can say things like, "Let me help you with." as opposed to, how can I help you? Mm -hmm. I think that if you can identify areas where you might be of service to them in their moments of need, that that's really helpful. And I think really maybe the most valuable um, advice I've ever received from somebody, I have a friend who we were talking about compassion at one point, and he actually is a cancer patient, but it wasn't related to his cancer. And he told me that he defines compassion as to stand there. And I thought that that was a very intuitive way to define compassion, that sometimes it's not about what we say at all, but us being present with people as they journey through life and whatever that capacity is. And so I've tried to practice that as I see patients and in clinic is just to be present and allow them then to kind of
0: share with me what they want to talk about. What are the wrong things to say to someone who's in cancer treatment?
1: Yeah, I think that there um, are probably a number of things that I would advise against. Um, Things like um, don't give up. I'm not a fan of that so much because for me, even if a patient were to choose to focus on comfort, that's not a give up. That's a choosing to focus on a different area of fighting this fight that we're in, and that is to make sure that they have the comfort that they need. So I'm sure that we've all stuck our foot in our mouth a time or two when we've interacted with people facing medical issues. And I honestly think that um, just expressing love and compassion to patients is the best that we can do. And the words will fill in um, as you kind of walk
0: with them. What do patients tell you they don't tell their family?
1: Oh, that's an interesting question. Um, I think that they oftentimes feel more free to share with me because it doesn't impact me quite the same way that it's going to impact their loved ones. You know, the burden for their loved one to carry uh, really hard news is is different than it is for me. I mean, I think that they recognize that. Um, But I think that it is really important for me to then figure out a way for them to be able to share that information with their family if it's appropriate so that they can really come alongside them because otherwise, They're kind of left out Mm -hmm. there without the support that they might need.
0: Yeah, that's information they they need. Absolutely. Absolutely. Stress and anxiety. I just, you know, I mentioned earlier, it's the emperor of all maladies, the big dog, the one that we all fear. Yeah. Um, Tell me about what how you help people get through that fear and the anxiety that comes with the cancer diagnosis
1: you know I think that some of the ways that we help with that is to talk about how can they connect with any spiritual practices that might be meaningful to them how do they um, connect with perhaps somebody who can counsel them or advise them um, you know imagery exercise avoiding you know excessive alcohol or caffeine and take all the things that can ramp up stress in a normal situation you know we we are going to talk about how can we try to minimize that or prevent it in an already stressful situation, cancer stressful. And so yeah. we have to figure out how to kind of minimize the triggers that are going to increase stress and anxiety so that they can um, be successful in whatever treatments ahead of them. So time.
0: you're not a, a counselor. No. But you kind of have to open that door a little bit.
1: So I'm certainly not a trained counselor, um, but I've learned how to listen well and how to respond as opposed to going into a visit with an agenda of this is what the treatment's going to be and and oftentimes what is typical in a normal doctor's visit, this is how we're going to treat whatever ailment you have, my job is to sit there and listen and then figure out, okay, this is how we're going to walk through this, You know, mm-hmm. make a plan with the patient, as opposed to having the plan already figured out before we start.
0: And then how do you interact with the oncologist who are guiding care?
1: That is, I think, what is so valuable about having this within the Fort Wayne Medical Oncology practice. The oncologist is right down the hall. So if they present with um, side effects from their treatment that are not something that I can help with or they have questions about their treatment that are not within my you know scope of knowledge I can walk right down to the oncologist and get information from them and provide it to the patient in real time as opposed to you know making them wait for answers so I think that that is something that is um, incredibly valuable to patients and families that they're getting answers when they're with me even if it's not something
0: that I'm helping them with so your practice right now is focusing on people who are in who have stage four cancer that so that's cancer that has has spread That's correct. And solid tumors. Correct. And why that focus?
1: I think that that is just a, um, a subset of our patient population that was a early um, early focus for us. It doesn't mean that we wouldn't expand to other other cancer patients or other folks who are having symptoms. We just had to have a place to start. And I mm-hmm. think that as time goes on, we will expand um, to other established patients of ours, but that was just an easy target for us to kind of start with.
0: So you're going to talk to the patient about symptom management, mm-hmm. and how does that affect longevity how, uh, and, and how well I come through the disease?
1: I think one of the really important things is that if we can control your symptoms, you are more likely to want to continue pursuing the treatments that are being offered to you. If we're doing a lousy job controlling your symptoms and you just feel absolutely miserable, it's going to be really hard to come back the next week for the next treatment. And so I think that overall it gives patients a better chance at continuing on with treatment for whatever period of time makes sense to them. Um, And hopefully the oncologist um, then has the opportunity to continue consider what other treatments may be available as the disease um,
0: process unfolds. So how can you help me manage symptoms and can make me feel less lousy? We talked about pain and anxiety, but what else?
1: Shortness of breath is another symptom we manage a lot of. Um, things as simple as having a cool fan blow in your face are some interventions that we can offer to patients that will help with shortness of breath. Um, we deal with nausea and vomiting a lot. And not so much just the nausea and vomiting that comes along with treatment, but the nausea and vomiting that's not controlled after treatment. Um, those are some of the symptoms that we help with. And we just have a few different um Methods that we use, lots of them are medication based, but also back to that imagery, relaxation techniques, um, small meals, eat a cracker before you get out of bed in the morning, before you even raise your head off the pillow. Simple things that are just, you know, it's so much when you get a cancer diagnosis. So if you can just sit down with somebody to talk through this particular symptom, it sometimes makes a big difference because you didn't hear it all at your very first appointment where they said, "Okay, we're going to send these meds for your nausea. And that was the end of the conversation about it. Right?
0: Yeah. Well, yeah, you've seen so much, you know, so much. Ten years in hospice care now and palliative care. You've seen a lot of folks go through this. What do I need to know about being successful and, and what carries people forward?
1: I think that one of the biggest pieces is continuing to offer hope. Continuing to make sure that patients have um, hope in whatever it is that's coming ahead of them. And whether that's just um, hope in a peaceful passing or whether that's hope in, you know, that this disease is going to get under control. I think that we continue to offer that, even though we are, um, you know, oftentimes seen as an end of life clinic. That's not what that's not what we do. We talk about. Living life and getting the most out of life that you can.
0: So, uh, so let's talk about some of just kind of the the mundane stuff. But people might have questions about: Is this covered by insurance? Is there an additional cost?
1: It is. It's covered by uh, most commercial insurances as well as Medicare. It's covered as a regular doctor visit. So it's billed under your Medicare um, plan, and it's often you know, no out-of-pocket expense
0: for patients. So if I'm in cancer treatment now, how do, I, how do I ask for this kind of care?
1: I think all you have to do is mention it to your oncologist and say that, hey, I'd like to see the palliative care specialist. Um, and if they don't have one, there are palliative care specialists that you can be referred to if you're not in Fort Wayne Medical Oncology, um, and they'll set up an appointment for you.
0: And is it typical that just uh, as once I'm diagnosed, somebody's going to talk to me about palliative care or, or do I have to raise that question?
1: I think it's becoming more commonplace to talk about, but it isn't always at the front of the conversation. I think some of it is that the oncologist is so busy figuring out how they're going to treat your cancer, that that's not maybe the first thing that they think of. But I think that hopefully the team of folks that surround you, the medical assistants and the nurses, someone hopefully will bring up the topic. Um, And I think if it's brought up, it's something worth exploring, even if it seems scary at the At the outset, um, hopefully most patients walk away from our visit not feeling that same level of anxiety that they felt maybe walking in.
0: I keep reading about all the advancements in treatment and care. How, you know, really, how, how awful am I going to feel? Can you keep me feeling good deeper into the disease?
1: I think that there are so many advancements in um, cancer care, but also we have learned so much about managing symptoms that we do have good success with controlling symptoms and helping patients feel good for as long as possible. Um, and certainly um, the, those advancements are just going to continue. So the symptom burden that patients experience is going to like likely continue. And so we have to continue figuring out ways to try to manage that for patients moving forward.
0: Got it. Well, that is Jamie Pepler. She is uh leading the palliative care clinic at Fort Wayne Medical Oncology and Hematology. You can find them online at fwmoh.com. And they also uh, have oncologists that travel to 13 cities around Northeast Indiana and Ohio each week so that you can receive really advanced cancer care right in your own hometown without having to go through the stress and burden of travel when you may not be feeling your best. Jamie, glad that you're here. Thanks so much for being coming in. Thank you for inviting me. You bet. On the other side of the half hour, we are gonna be talking Talking about the burden that COVID has put on so many members in the healthcare team, bedside burnout, and you're going to hear from some nurses who have something special to say and a special campaign that they're trying to get the word out about. And that's what we're going to do next on the health Live Radio Hour on WoWo.
1: Podcasts by Federated Media.